Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the FT Advisor podcast. This week, we're going to talk to John Porteous. Uh, he has recently become the head of distribution at Charles Stanley, but before that, he worked for Towering Quilter, two of the country's biggest financial advice companies. He also used to be a director of APFA. May it rest in peace. John, you've worked for some companies that would be uh, fairly described as consolidators. Um, do you see that this is going to continue um, over the next few years and what's going to drive it? Uh, yes, I would expect consolidation to continue over the next few years. In fact, um, I could easily see the pace of consolidation um, speed up. Uh, I suspect that uh, Brexit has kept a few plans on hold and we may see in the event, particularly given the time um, when we're, we're sitting here having this podcast, it's right at the heart of the decision, but, but um, on the premise that we get through Brexit to some form of certainty, whatever certainty looks like, I would expect to see um, more consolidation and uh, more rapid consolidation. And I think what will drive it I think that there are sources of capital that look at the um, the need for advice being growing, the democratization of wealth being compelling um, as advisors seek to retire, move on from the industry, find the burden of uh, regulation just too much, happy to um, accept offers for good businesses well run and uh, a career well spent. Uh, I, I think that they see that as uh, compelling, even if perhaps valuations are rising, probably reflecting that that environment. Okay, so there is a lot of competition in the market. There are seem to, do seem to be a lot of companies out there which are looking to uh, grow by acquisition. Um, is that likely to continue? Do you think is that? I guess that benefits the advisor who wants to sell. Yeah, I mean. Having worked for consolidators in the past, um, what I would say is never underestimate the compelling power of organic growth. You know, good businesses grow organically. Good businesses have good people, good management teams, good advisors, happy clients, good infrastructure. Um, and, you know, they will grow. I think inorganic growth is um, a part of that strategy. I think it's, I know it's talked about a lot, but my experience is it's really important to find good fit. Um, good fit from people, culture, values, um, and again, I think you know systems and processes. The the fit there is really pretty key to get a good and quick um, consolidation. A lot of companies that are consolidated are vertically integrated, um, and sometimes advisors who sell to vertically integrated companies are accused of selling out. Uh, what do what do you see as being the pros and cons of uh, moving to that structure? Well, I think, first of all, vertical integration um, is a little bit played out as a term. I, I think that um, a large proportion of the industry is to one extent or another vertically integrated, depending on how you look at it. But if we look at the traditional uh, view of vertical integration, which is um, an individual kind of having complete control over the advice process, the platform and asset management, then the advantages of that model is that they can control the governance, the touch points in the value chain, which is pretty critical. Um, I think you can, well, you can control pricing, you can control propositional innovation, you can control customer engagement, um, just the language and the, the entire customer experience. Uh, that can then evolve over time. Um, and I think having that degree of control over how your proposition 
evolves is quite compelling, particularly for larger companies. Mm -hmm. There are advantages in the um, more uh, aggregated, sort of unintegrated, as we might say, um, model. Um, but there is a greater onus on those individuals to make sure that they cover over um, the, the governance points and they use, if you like, the, um, uh, the, the more disparate parts of the value chain constructively as well. Um, I'm I, I'm actually a fan of vertical integration. I can see how it can be used powerfully. I can see how it delivers consistent outcomes. But I recognise that um, it's not for everybody, mm -hmm. and I don't believe that it is the only business model that works. Sure, I've seen examples of great vertically integrated firms. I've seen examples of great firms that are not vertically integrated. Sure. There are some people who criticise uh, vertical integration on the basis that it doesn't necessarily deliver the cost reductions that it sets out to uh, or that it promises to. Do you think that's a fair criticism? Uh, I, I think it's quite interesting because um, when you look at the fully loaded costs of the advice process, so the total cost of client ownership all in, um, I've yet to, to, to be convinced that there is a material difference between vertically integrated firms mm -hmm. and those firms that would call themselves not vertically integrated, but similar model, bearing in mind sure my the, earlier comments. I'm not sure what the opposite of vertically integrated yes, is. Yes, I know. Horizontally disintegrated. Yeah. Yes, we can speculate. Yeah. But uh, the, the interesting thing is normally when I see the comparison, it's not like for like. So, you know, for example, if you were comparing um, active management, fully loaded platform, etc., um, with a financial plan, and then you're comparing that against a passive equivalent, you would expect there to be a cost disparity. Yeah. Um, if you're just looking at um, a straightforward cost comparison, then I think you have to compare like with like. And I've certainly not seen evidence that there's a material difference in cost. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um should there be arguably some some people the you, you want some people argue that you should be cheaper if you're vertically integrated and you're cutting costs um i think the regulator's perspective on this is that um the cost efficiencies that are born out of vertical integration should be shared mm -hmm. with the the client and lead towards lower costs. Um, and I do think that that's um, a fair and a legitimate point of view. Um, and certainly I've seen a number of firms that are working towards that. But, you know, bearing in mind, you know, we're in a world where um, propositions are evolving. Mm -hmm. There's investments going, the, you know, they are net invested in. So we're looking at... Um, you, you know, a lot of uh, firms are looking at their uh, digital engagement. They're looking at uh, their client portals, their costs of overall um, customer acquisition and uh, data management. That doesn't necessarily always create the cost mm -hmm. savings that you can share. But in the long term, good firms, you would expect to see deliver those economies of scale and should be able to share cost savings with their clients. Sure. You now uh, work for Charles Stanley, as of relatively recently, which is slightly different to the companies that you worked for before because it has a direct arm um, as well as an, an, an advice arm. As um, you're the head of distribution, uh, what's your plan for what you'd like to do at Charles Stanley or achieve? 
Yeah, well, I, I mean, Charles Stanley is a fascinating place. Um, people are really smart, highly motivated, and um, you know there are a number of different products and services and competencies within the overall group that I'm responsible for. Uh, I think it's got a, a fantastic brand, and it's a brand that I'm looking forward to making sure that we get out there. Um, we we make the industry aware that we're open for business. We want to compete in our chosen territories, mm -hmm. um, in our chosen market segments, and we really want to engage with customers across there. I mean, as you say, it's it's not just that traditional um, full-service wealth management discretionary portfolio that you look at. There are really interesting um, sides of the business as well, such as Charles Stanley Direct and the, the digital model. So it's a really... Um, a really fascinating sort of 360 mm -hmm. view on the industry as a whole that Charles Stanley has. And it's, you know, I've, I've not been there long, but I'm really, really enjoying it. And do you see the, the sorts of products that are needed for people who um, uh, either go direct or either have a financial advisor or um, I suppose more, you might call it wealth management clients, do you see that they need different products? Or are they fundamentally looking for the same sort of thing? Uh, it's a great question. I, I think, like many that, uh, like many people in the industry and many of the people I speak to, uh, we're seeing customers evolving. Uh, customers' needs are evolving. Um, customers' preferences and the kind of services that they're looking for are influenced by adjacent industries. You know, it's kind of the Amazon Prime factor for one of a, a better description. Um, and I think it's really important that we listen to customers and actually look at what they are, um, how, how they want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Don't make assumptions about that. Um, engage as closely as we as we possibly can, uh, but also build upon the solid foundations um, that many firms like Charles Stanley have been built on, which is around trust, mm -hmm. um, high touch and great you know customer feedback and satisfaction. Um, I do think that um, the industry as a whole, we, we are all looking at how we communicate. Mm -hmm. We all look at how we engage. We're all looking at trying to um, unburden ourselves with, um, with the jargon of, of regulation. How do we kind of speak mm. normally to, to our customers? I think that that's incredibly important. So I, I think kind of the, the, the forward-facing customer view is very much around, you know, how do we engage? How do we share information? How do we communicate? And how do we make sure that the products and services um, in a world that's still, you know, sort of democratization of wealth and very much, you know, DC, not DB, how are we very much, uh, how are we delivering products and services that reflect that marketplace? Mm -hmm. And Charles Stanley is looking to grow its advice arm. Uh, and what do you see as your role in helping them do that? Uh, well, as um, group head of distribution, I'm looking at how I can help all parts of the business grow. Mm -hmm. um, that that can be uh, um, by bringing you know my past experiences to to bear to to help them with their overall growth plans. Um, it can also be helping them look at um, new markets and opportunities, um, and also you know I, I think just to be as supportive as I can to to my various colleagues within Charles Stanley as a whole. Mm -hmm. Do you and Charles Stanley's clients might be traditionally seen of as quite wealthy. Um, you mentioned the democratization of wealth. Do you see that uh, you can help Charles Stanley move into um, a client segment that has less to invest? Um, at the moment, we're we're pretty focused on our core market segments. Mm -hmm. But I think that uh, businesses such as Charles Stanley Direct 
um, and other similar services within the Charles Stanley Group are very interesting in terms of what they can do within um, the what we would probably call the advice gap. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that um, we'll look at different aspects of the proposition over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, as I say, my, my focus is on our core markets and to help deliver uh, growth within them. Um, but certainly I think that those online and digital propositions, and particularly given the talent and competencies we have within them, are very exciting for new markets in the future. Okay. John, thank you very much. Pleasure. And thank you very much for tuning in. And drop by again next week uh, to listen to our next edition. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.